Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. Welcome to this episode of the Squire Podcast. Today, our guests are Penny Ravlin and Joe Casson from the Pottawatomie County Assessor's Office. But first, I want to start off with a few things that are happening at the board office. This is Amy Swoboda, by the way. We have the Investor Series of Classes is continuing, the law update class is scheduled for November 20th and the Code of Ethics is scheduled for November 21. If you have to renew your license by the end of the year, you might want to sign up for those classes. Make sure you're checking your your credits now. The NAR convention is November 13 to 17. We have Realtor Ring Day on December 1. Our YPN group is getting together and taking a new approach to that, so please watch out for that. And our inaugural and MLS breakfast will be in December. So we have a lot of things happening through the end of the year. So Joe and Penny, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good morning. Let's start off with, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? What are your positions? How was that established? What's your background? How did you get into this? Okay, well, I'm Penny. Thanks for having me. I'm the assessor. I was appointed in 2017. I've been in the office for 35 years. So beyond that, I was a teenager. Okay, great. <laughs> the assessor is not an elected position, so we're appointed, thankfully. It's not a very popular position. Most people <laughs> probably know this. We're actually appointed by the conference board, and the conference board is made up of a representative from each mayor of each town and the representative from each school district and the county board of supervisors. We also have to have a confirmation from the director of revenue to be the assessor. Okay. And we're a separate entity from the other county offices, just to know the, how the assessor is made up. We're not under the Board of Supervisors. As I mentioned, it's the three-entity board. Um, and the conference board also approves our budget. So that's a little bit about me and the office. I'll defer to Joe now. Yeah, I'm Joe Casson. I'm the chief deputy assessor. I've been in the office since 2010. Before that, I worked in a couple other assessment offices as well as I was a fee appraiser prior to that and a realtor prior to that. So I've done a a little bit of everything. I was appointed by Penny when she became the assessor, and that's how the deputies work. They're appointed by the assessor. How many people are in the office? We currently have 13 people on our staff. Oh, wow. When I first started, it was a lot more, but now with efficiency and people not really coming to our counter as much and doing things on the website, I mean, obviously our numbers are down, but it's a good staff. Um, So we have, just to go in a little bit further, we have three residential appraisers, two commercial appraisers, one data collector, and then we have other office staff as well. Okay. So what responsibilities, what are the responsibilities of your department? The obvious is to discover, list, and value all properties for assessment purposes. We value all residential, commercial, industrial, and agricultural class properties. We are essentially the beginning of the taxation process, but we're certainly not the end. The end would be your tax budgets, your levies that are set by the different budgeting departments. Um, We also receive all the exemptions and credit applications, like your homestead, your military, your family farm, the new 65-plus Exemption, and then we make a recommendation on those assess or those exemptions to the Board of Supervisors, and they have the final say. We handle other exemptions too, like charitable, benevolence, but 
our main thing is setting assessed values. Okay. There is a public perception that you should never let an assessor inside your home. (laughs) Do you think that helps or hinders? Does it help hinder you and does it help or hinder the homeowner? I'll take that one. I think that, you know, not allowing the off our office into your home is always an option. That's something that you can choose to do. However, by doing this, uh, you're failing to assist us with accurately listing your home. You know, we won't know what the interior of your home looks like. So from that point, we're, we're going to have to estimate best to the best of our ability based on the exterior of your home and based on you know what we're seeing, seeing in similar homes in your neighborhood. So that's kind of the detriment of not letting us in is because we're not going to know in there. So we're going to have to estimate. Interesting. I just saw a listing that said, don't be fooled by the exterior. <laughs> I think that kind of sums up how, how and why we might need to be in the home to get a full view, more fair, accurate assessment. Boy, I'm sure all of our realtors could tell you <laughs> stories about that right. both ways, both directions. Yeah. How often are valuations or reassessments completed? Is there like a target for how often you're going to do them or changes in the economy or what happens that would it trigger you to do an assessment? Yeah, sure. The Iowa Code requires the Department of Revenue to review market transactions against our assessed valuations every two years in the odd odd years. And this is considered a revaluation or equalization year. If our valuations don't meet Iowa Code requirements, the department will blanket adjust our values by class. So they'll come in and they'll just adjust everyone the same percentage. You know, our office works hard internally to, to review, revalue, you know, and adjust the properties based on the actual information versus a bl- blanket percentage adjustment by the department. You know, but act- actual values in our county are, are being reviewed and could change every year. You know, it's based on based on the market. And also we're going to look at each at the properties, if there's a permit or if there is something not previously listed on the record. Any of those can change and can cause a change in the valuation any year. We could, we're looking at values all the time. And you are members of our MLS, so you have access to all of the records about what's happening in our market, which has changed a lot in the last couple of years. We currently are members, and we're very thankful to be. It assists us in our job. You know, like I mentioned, years ago, we used to have people come to our counter. That's evolved into a lot of things are on the Internet and easily accessible for us to review and, and help us value. So do you see contractors to perform valuations? So the majority of our work is done in-house. As I mentioned, we have five appraisers and one data collector, so we try our best to do it on our own, and we have over 35 years. We've hired uh, a contractor three different times in that 35-year span, and that was Vanguard Appraisal, Inc. out of Cedar Rapids. They, They came in for our larger projects to assist us, but only three times in 35 years, by and large, we do it in-house. Um, when assessments are done, are done, is there a limit to how high or low the value can be adjusted? We'd know that things really shot up in the last couple of years. Um, so is there some kind of limit uh, that you have to follow? No, there is no limit. I mean, Iowa Code requires us to be at 100% of market value. I think there's a misconception that we should be below that. There might be other states that are, in fact, maybe at a, a lower percentage, but we're to be at 100%. Currently, there is no limit on how high we raise it or how low we lower it. Um, we're just supposed to be at that target of 100%. Do you lower them very often? And not if the market doesn't tell <laughs> us to. <laughs> so unfortunately, as we all know, the market hasn't been going down. 
Now, if that happens in the future, obviously we're following it. We're always behind it. Um, you know, buyers and sellers are setting that market. We're following those transactions, so we're always in the rears of that. So if it does happen, yes, it'll go down, but it hasn't been happening as realtors. You know that. When assessing a property, what's the ideal number of comparable properties that assessors look for? We're not doing a fee appraiser, appraisal on each property. So typically a fee appraiser is going to find a certain number of comps and they're going to compare those comps to that property. When, when we value, we use mass appraisal to value properties. So mass appraisal involves the analysis of all the data collected in mass quantities. You know, we're looking at developing statistics from the data and applying those results. And, you know, kind of how this is done, we utilize the, the other thing we utilize is the Iowa property, a real property appraisal manual, which is um, provided to us by the Department of Revenue. And that's used across the entire state. Every jurisdiction is required to, to use that as part of their process when setting the values. Um, the real property appraisal cost manual is adjusted to our, our local market based on the sales that happen here. So we're not looking at one, two, three sales per each property. We're looking at all of the sales that happen within, within our jurisdiction. And then we're setting our manual levels based on those sales. So we're adjusting the cost manual that's provided by the, by the state to our local market. And then after that's been determined, we apply that to all the properties based on their listing data in a uniform and equitable manner so that each property is treated the same. So when the new assessed values come out, I assume there's some people calling you and showing up at your counter and emailing you. What is the time frame that someone can needs to follow to appeal their assessed value? So the informal process, so when the appeals, they can appeal to the assessor's office to come directly to us April 2nd through the 25th. So they can come in and they can talk to us about their assessment, provide us with information as to why they feel their assessment is wrong. We can, if, if, if we talk to them and we agree that there needs to be a change, we would have to sign off between us and, and the taxpayer before April 25th, on, on or before April 25th, and that's handled in our office. The next step above that is a formal protest to the Board of Review, which is a separate entity that is in a session between May 1st and the 31st, and that's when appeals are heard. Those appeals would be filed by the taxpayer April 2nd through the 30th um, every year. And then they would go in front of this the board, and the board would review the information provided, and they would make a decision on, on whether to adjust their value or not. After that, there are additional steps that if the, if the property owner doesn't agree with, with that process, they can appeal further to either the district court or the property assessment appeal board. And all that information is on our website, which most people are familiar with at pottco.org. You can click on the tab called Protesting Value and find all those deadlines. Did you see an increase in protest recently because prices had gone up so much on homes? Surprisingly, I thought we would see a much larger number than we did. Obviously, it was increased from the year before, but I anticipated a very big number, and it was it was manageable, so not not too bad. Everybody wants their value to go up, but no one wants their assessed value to go up, right? That's right. That's right. It's, it's sadly twofold. So you talked about some exemptions earlier, Penny, that you guys manage all of those. There's a new 65-plus um, exemption available to homeowners in Iowa. Can you explain more about that? 
Sure. And and it's great. But unfortunately, the legislation came quick and fast and the implementation was expected mm-hmm. on a short turnaround. So we tried our best um, mm-hmm. to explain a little bit. Um, you have to be 65 on January 1st of the year you're applying for. The deadline is similar to the existing homestead, which is July 1st. To say it a little bit better way, for example, if you turn 65 on or before January 1st of 2024 and you sign for the exemption by July 1st of 2024, you'll receive the exemption for the 2024 assessment year, but that's not payable in your taxes till the fall of 25, spring of 26. Okay. So we had a lot of people come in for the 2023 year thinking it was going to show on their taxes this spring, or I mean this fall. That didn't happen because it's 2023 payable in fall of 2024. There's always a lag when the, the exemption actually kicks in. I would ask the realtors to kind of friendly explain that you need to sign for your homestead and you need to sign for your 65 plus when that's applicable. None of it was automatic. Homeowners need to sign for this. So I'd encourage them to, if they haven't heard about it and they're 65, to come in and get that signed up for. So does the 65 plus exemption give them uh, another reduction in their taxes? or? So it's actually on your assessment. It's not off your taxes. The dollar amount for 2023 was 3250 off your assessment. It'll go up for the 2024 assessment year, and that'll be 6500 And again, off your assessment, not taxes. And is the legislature determining those values? or They have just set the two years. I know it's a work in progress for their agenda and the legislation. I'm not sure if it's going to change down the road, but those are the two amounts. If it will maintain at the 6500 I think that's where it will stay until they maybe do some more. And they're not based on income levels or anything like that? It's just age? Nope, that's just age. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's think about the future development in Pottawatomie County. Do you have any thoughts on what's happening or what's going to happen? Uh, sure. You know, we're not really involved in, in as far as the future development's concerned. You know, our job is to value the property once it's it's been built. You know, with that said, obviously, we've seen lots of growth within the, within the commercial, industrial uh, sections over the last 10 years. Um, residentials con- continue to grow. Um, however, we, we see, as I'm sure all of your, you do, that there's a shortage and a need for additional housing options in our community. Uh, yes, definitely. The, yeah, the shortage of you know available houses to purchase it has definitely been seen in, in the rising mar- home values, and we've seen a lot of things go up because of the shortage. Now, you know, and even with the rise in the interest rates, we're still still seeing very strong market, and it's still far exceeding our assessments from even last year. So that I mean, the market it. It, it just keeps going, and, and the shortage is definitely something that, that we're seeing have a strong effect. While there are fewer sales coming through because of the supply, those sales are still coming in higher than our assessments that we currently set for 2023. So the next odd year will be 2025, that the Department of Revenue will be monitoring our assessments against market transactions. So in 2025, if the market doesn't change, that could indicate increasing again. Okay. Is there anything realtors can do to help you? You mentioned like with the the 65 plus exemption. Is there anything else they can do to help your office? No, again, just encourage, you know, your your buyers to, to go through all those exemptions on our, on our website because there's lots of them we haven't even mentioned that maybe they qualify for. The other thing I would ask you to have them go to our website at pottco.org and review the listing of their new property or or whatever property, make sure that's accurate. Because as Joe mentioned, that's what we utilize to base the assessments on. If that's not accurate, if we didn't get in 
and we've estimated, then maybe you want to let us in so we can estimate or actually review it properly. I know we use your site quite a bit. Yeah. Realtors do, and I look at it sometimes too on properties that we're a little confused about. No. And if you have questions, just call our office. If the listing is incorrect, uh, you know, call us and we'll come out and visit the property. If they see something that's really wrong on a property, do they just they reach out to your your right. office and say? They can call you know or on our site, there's a property assessment review form that you could okay. fill that form out and send it in. Obviously, if there's listing information, again, we'd encourage an inspection so we can properly and accurately list it. Okay, great. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all you do for our county and for it's got to be a hard job keeping track of everything that's happening in this, in this real estate market. But we do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.